Hello and welcome to the latest from Heart Standard, the first briefing of 2024. Happy New Year to the subscribers, listeners, reader, however you identify yourself uh, with regards to Heart Standard. And Happy New Year, New Year to my colleague, James Kearney. How's it going, James? Uh, very well, thanks. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you have? Uh, did you do much listening? No, I had a very quiet one. No, I was just running out of friends. We had a, a couple of glasses of uh, Prosecco, played some board games, played a little bit of Mario Kart. Yeah, it was, uh, it was all very nice, all very wholesome. Yeah, yeah rel- relatively mature. Yeah, in bed for two in the morning, that's what I was hoping for. So, yeah, yeah. very happy. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I, I, I finished my new year, uh, I started by my new year by uh, having to suffer sunshine and leaf in, uh, in a pub, but uh, less about less about that, uh, the better. So we're just going to quickly... What pub were you in? Sorry? What pub were you in? A pub called Jeremiah's Tap Room. Good pub. It's on Leaf Walk. Or just uh, just before getting uh, the bus home, so uh, it's normally a good pub. Uh, didn't have tenants. Uh, I was in earlier, had tenants, and then the tenants was off. But again, that's uh, that's just me being uh, really petty. <laughs> More of that in twenty twenty four. I thought we were just we were just jumping on today just to quickly look back at the Ross County game, quickly look forward to the Livingston game tomorrow. So we're probably going to spend about 10 minutes on Wolf and then get out of here and enjoy uh, New Year's Day before we get to Ammonvale tomorrow for the final fixture of... Um, I was going to say final fixture of the year. No, it's the first fixture of the year, but the final fixture before the winter break. So before we get to that, we'll look back at the Ross County game. Finish 2-2 and... I mean, the main positive from Hearts, one of the only positives, was the fact that uh, came back for the first time this season in League Two, rest, well, get a point or get something out of game, having trailed. You have rewatched the game, James. Is there anything that that um, stood out from the rewatch that maybe you hadn't really noticed during the game? Um, I think you can probably break the down the game down into like three distinct parts, like. I'd very easily break them down to just the first half hour, the middle half hour, and the last half hour. Because mm. it was like kind of three very different performances and three different kind of games at those stages. So I think straight off the bat, I don't think that um, the setup was right. I think you know, we can see that. I think uh, the first half hour, so Ross County were the better team. Hearts were really struggling to build out from the back in that um, kind of 5-3-2 or 3-5-2 that they were playing in. Um, Atkinson, got to say, was particularly guilty. A lot of the time the ball was worked at Atkinson and it would either be he'd end up just shelling the ball forward, or it'd be a sloppy pass, or you know there was just he wasn't quite on it, and he, he was um, culpable a fair bit of the time when Hearts lost the ball when they were building out from the back, and then that just let Hearts the county just counter straight onto Hearts, and that's what they wanted to do. They had likes of you know say, obviously you got Sims and Danda playing behind the front two of Simon Murray and Jordan White. Mm-hmm. They're fast. Obviously, Sims very quick. Wants to get forward. Wants to support the attack. You've got Danda great on the ball. Really good at keeping a hold of it. Can play under pressure. Really good passer. And then um, obviously Simon Murray's loads of legs up top. Jordan White, big target man. So you know, it's a quite an effective attacking unit. And just it's quite a balanced one as well. A lot of different qualities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it just it just meant that they were really good at uh, that kind of front four, just attacking, getting forward really quick. So whenever Hearts did lose the ball, which they did a little too often. I mean, not only did, 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 did um, they lost a chance, but they'd also now, and they're also in a situation where, oh God, they might concede. I mean, the, yep. the goal, that, oh, sorry, the, the chance that Simon Murray had, for instance, early on, that all started because Atkinson loses the ball at right wing back. And then the ball's eventually worked to the, the harsh win the ball back, but at this point, County have pressed really high. And then when uh, Newenhoff eventually plays it to 
Halkett, which is a crazy pass to make in the first place. But then Halkett's first touch is horrendous, and then the pass he tries to make is even worse. I don't know what he's trying to do. And again, that that should have easily, that could have easily been one 0 So there were really big warning signs early on, and at the other end of the park as well. It, it, just watching it back, you could see as well. County were clearly baiting the Hearts players into pressing them. Like whenever uh, it was a county goal kick or they were bouncing out from the back, they just slowly pass it around the, the back line, wait until the Hearts like uh, basically the attackers in the midfielders and the wing backs all pushed forward, and then just launch it up to yeah. Jordan White or Simon Murray, and they got in, like some really great areas doing that. So I mean, County's game plan was working to a T. They the just, just yeah, just just uh, just uh, just one coming on that bit. That's one thing I really noticed, and the way that Derek Adams was, he's, he's always animated on the, the, the touchline, but his uh, the, his animation with his own team, it's clear, uh, you could see the way they played, that they had been working on this, uh, like they, they, they did clearly um, worked on this game plan and training, and it was kind of built, uh, geared to come and cause Hearts a lot of issues, because you had a change, so you had the change in shape, because they're usually a back three, even under, uh, since Adams has came in and replaced Malcolm Khan positively, Tended to play with a back three, and then just like you said in the the, the goal kicks, as I noticed that Derek Adams was kept on um, giving his players specific instructions when they had the, the when they had goal kicks. But yeah, it was just I was I know his his, his um it, it may have been his message being lost in in the delivery, but I think it was spot on with some of the stuff he said after the game in terms of how much better that uh, Ross County were than than Hearts for certainly for uh, the, the first half. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that first half hour, as I say, County were the better team. They were getting chances. Hearts weren't really making much. Again, there was some poor decision making in the final third. Mm-hmm. A couple of times when Cochrane, Cochrane in particular, there was one time when he really should have been slipping into Gawa, but instead hits a crazy shot that's got no chance to go in. Or Newenhoff did a couple of times as well, where again, there's like, what are you doing? Like, that's never yeah. going to Like, just, just pass the ball. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a couple of instances like that where you just like, ah, yeah, that's not great. And but yeah, largely Hearts were struggling, and then, and then until I'd say it was about the half hour mark when Hearts then switched to a four, uh, like a four two three one. Uh, so that had then out in the right and Tagal out in the left, and they played like that for the remainder of the first half. And then things got better. You know, it, it wasn't a case of Hearts were creating all these great chances all of a sudden, but Ross County at least weren't. When you look at the XG chart mm. for the for the, uh, the course of the game at the half hour mark. Like your county has been going steadily, steadily up, steadily up, steadily up. Then it hits a half hour mark and it just turns into a straight line. Yeah. So you know, it shows you that you know, okay, Hearts first still not be not great, but at least they stopped the chances coming in and end of the break. When obviously when you get Forrest and all coming on, that's an actual consequence of that change in shape. Um. But yeah. So then it's, it's, it's the start of the second half as well. It's strange because Hearts are actually playing quite well again. County, I haven't really had much of a sniff. Um. And the, but the goal, the first goal comes. It's comes from a Hearts free kick. And kept Ross just at the halfway line, just inside Ross County's half, where basically the entire team goes forward. Uh, with Rose is basically the only person holding back, staying back. The ball gets played forward, Hearts lose it, and then as the players are rushing to get back into shape, Dan is on the ball. He starts about charging up the wing. Everyone's everyone's getting back, getting into position, and then again Atkinson doesn't cover himself in glory because he just steps up at that wrong moment where he's just he's still just playing Murray onside. But it's um, but then he's completely off balance. So then Danda plays the ball in. Murray's out and they've got acres of space to run into. By the time Atkinson's caught up with him, it's too late. Then the ball yeah. comes in. It's a goal. So you know that that was a, that was it was just a bit of a goal out of nothing because again up until that point the shape was working. Um, and then even after that, I think that the second goal as well, obviously entirely self inflicted, completely avoidable. 
you know, that comes from a goal kick. You know, it's got a goal kick, didn't even half, didn't half, loses the ball cheaply, gives away a silly foul. All of a sudden, it's in the back and it's 2 0. Um, so at that point, that's about the hour mark. Um, you know, things aren't looking good. But I think credit to Naismith to make some changes again. You know, Vargas is brought on at that point. Stephen Kingsley's brought on as well, comes on at left back. That makes a huge difference to the team because I think down the left hand side in particular from that point on, Hearts were looking really good. Uh, they were mm. making some, into some really good chance, uh, areas. The way that Alan Forrest was kind of occupying James Brown basically just freed up Kingsley in loads of space. So whenever the ball was worked down that side, the final ball wasn't always there, but it was like, it was clear that that was working and that was definitely like going uh, playing into Hearts' hands. The yeah, no. no oh, sorry, on you go. <laughs> I was just saying, I noticed, I noticed uh, Naismith a few times. You were shouting on uh, G- um, Alan Forrest to pick up just a kind of off um, a, a position, just off the left to uh, obviously try and open up that space for Kingsley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like and, and as I say, it was working. You know, Kingsley and Forrest were combining pretty well. I mean, Forrest actually got was just doing really well when he came on. Anyway, I thought that, that, that area of the park. Um, he was getting to really good positions again with, with Alan Forrest. The final ball wasn't always there, the final shot, the final product. But apart from that, you, could, you know, it was certainly getting into good areas. So it was working down the left-hand side, but on the right it wasn't because Oda just wasn't getting wide enough. Like mm. I don't think he was stretching the plays off, as often as he could have. But then, but then when the second goal goes in, it's a, it's a result of that. Oda finally does get wide. The ball does get played in behind. He's got a bit of time. He's got a bit of space, which I think a player like Oda, that really helps him. It's a great ball into the box, and then eventually Nuenhoff puts it off for Shankland to make it 2-0. So, I mean, that, that goal is great um, from that perspective, and it shows that but, you know that, if you do actually get older to get into those wide areas the same way that Kingsley was on the other side, you know, take advantage of that space, you can create great chances, and that's where the second goal came from. The first one, to be honest, um, I think County might be kicking themselves a wee bit over it, just because as soon as they went 2-0 up, they then kind of sat deeper, a lot deeper, in fact, because they've been pressing quite high out of the park most of the game. After that, they went four one, uh, they went four four one one, sat nice and deep, kind of said like Hearts, okay, your move. And as a consequence of that, they let the centre backs have the ball. Um, whenever Hearts were in possession, that's where the first goal comes from. Kent's got the ball; nobody's got to put any pressure on him. He dinks it forward. Shankland wins his flick on. I think it's pretty much the only kind of flick on he won the entire game. But there you go. And then all of a sudden, Vargas is in. And don't get me wrong, Vargas does brilliantly. He does. I think he takes it superbly. Um, but again, it's like it's probably a result of County just making that decision to set off, to sit that little bit deep, inviting trouble, and then, but and then obviously Hart, that gets Hearts back into the game. But the only thing, the only down point you'd probably say from that point is that then of that final ten minutes, Hearts just never kicked on. You know, again, County then started pressing higher, higher up the park again, they started doing what they were doing earlier in the game. It just and then Hearts just couldn't really get into the match back into after that. Like neither side really created enough like any like serious chances to win the game apart from maybe Vargas right at the death he could have maybe got a winner but aside from that I think you, you look back on it and you go it's a, a poor performance from Hearts I think in terms of players on the park were quite sloppy it was a bit leggy I think but I think tactically as well I don't think Hearts were set, set up the right way at all to be fair they did respond well to those challenges they, they picked out what's going wrong in the game and thought, got back into it but ultimately I think yeah should be pretty pleased with a point from that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I went when I went 2-0, you're just you're thinking, how how have they haven't won at Celtic and Hibs recently? How have they got themselves into into this position? But that that was probably looking at this looking at stats bomb this morning, or yeah, it was this morning. I'm looking at like the, the race chart that it, it, it's quite a good it's quite a good barometer in terms of how chances are created throughout the match. It's mm. quite useful. 
and after the second goal, Hearts have nothing. Uh, Hearts don't add add to it, which was which was straight frustrating because I think we scored early, more than early enough to get that winner. The momentum was momentum was there, which uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that was that was a frustration aspect, uh, frustrating aspect. We don't really touched on the um, we talk about the refereeing, but more Alan Forrest non penalty award. Yeah. I mean, watching it back, it's, it's it looks like it's a clear penalty, and I don't understand how it was. Um, how Alan Muir was not asked to come and look at it on the monitor. Again, I've, I wrote a piece on the site yesterday about that, about the two sides of the game, Hearts performance, but also um, the, the officiating. Which again, it's we we don't we're not uh, don't like to talk about it, and it's it was more the case of mistakes by a referee like Muir thinking Forrest has dived, that's fair enough because it happens really quickly and mm. it's kind of, it could look different from different angles. But that I think referee mistakes are forgivable. Less forgivable is the fact that you've got a fail-safe. I think that's what Naismith called, yeah. uh, called a fail-safe um, there that should prevent such situations happening. But that was frustration. But it doesn't shouldn't take anything away from... How Hearts made it kind of difficult for himself. It was quite a poor, um, like I said, a, a really poor half an hour. And on the flip side, coming back to get a point is not the worst. Considering when you, I think there's there's two ways to look at it: the frustration of not strengthening that lead in third place, but also the fact that drawing it wasn't a massive um, slip up when you consider that Aberdeen. Where we're hammered and Kilmarnock uh, dropped points as well. No, exactly. You know, it's like it's, it's definitely that's not the most. It's not the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. I think, yeah, let's see. I think it's a game where, yeah, there's a number of players who weren't quite 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 at it. I don't think the tactics were were quite right from the get go. And I think, given the position the Hearts found themselves in, with what half an hour or so to go, a point's not the worst result to get. But. I think over the piece, you do think you do look at it and go, yes, you, the hearts should obviously like hearts to getting three points in that a point. Given the mitigating factors, it's probably not the worst result. And I think you know again, there's a, there is that silver lining of okay, at least this time the team actually did react. You know, the, whether that be nice with changes from the bench and you know the players out in the park. But in previous games this season, when similar things have happened, that's not you know hearts have just lost. Whereas this time they at least got a point. Yeah, okay, it's yeah, a disappointing absolutely. point, but it's still better than nothing. So I think, again, not great. It shows again. It's, uh, I think I've written this in my analysis piece that's going out later today. But you know, if just as like the game, the wins over Hibs and Celtic showed that, oh yeah, you know, this team there's progress getting made, just like that. And this, but in the same vein, results like this show that the team is still a work in progress. There's still yeah. work to be done, and there will be off days. Yeah, absolutely. That I said, it's like you you, you wrote a piece um, after the Hibs. It was, yeah, it was after the Hibs game about uh, Stephen Naismith, and it's there shouldn't be any like fans wanting him, wanting him out. And there's, but it wasn't a case of everything's perfect. It was or yeah. job or jobs done. It was a case. It was basically pointing out that the team have made clear progress and throughout throughout the season. But at the same time, it's not perfect. There's still progress to be made. But Hearts are on the right path, and that path leads to Livingston tomorrow. <laughs> a Livingston team who are winless in twelve, who are bottom of the table. Just, just, just uttering those words. I'm thinking, oh no, oh it's no, have written all over it, doesn't it? Oh, it's, it's they've won two games all season. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> Hearts should be winning this match. They really should be winning this match. But uh, the last match before the break, Livingston's poor form, a number of key players out injured. It's uh, if you offer me a scrappy one, they'll win just now. I'm going to be taking that. But uh, yeah, what are you? What are your thoughts on the game tomorrow? Because Livingston, they've you look at their team. It's not much changed from last season. They've still got a lot of quality in there, but it's just not happened for them at all this season. They really uh, seem to be really struggling. David Martindale's spoken about not having... like They've obviously got financial issues at play in terms of mm. how much budget they'll have. But again, you look at the team that lost 3-1 uh, at Motherwell the weekend. Uh, Obelai, Shamal George... Pittman, Holt, Bruce Anderson, Joe Newbley, James Penrice, all these guys had uh, were, were, were decent last season or had really good seasons in, in the Premiership. And then look at their bench. They brought on, um, like they had uh, Andrew Shinney and uh, maybe not as strong elsewhere, but uh, you can see that they've, they've definitely got something within them. But it's just not happened for them. And this is a game that Hearts should just be going and making it a routine victory. I would think so, but I don't know. Do you ever get routine victories at Livingston away? Like it's just it's you know it's one of those it's just one of those games that's always difficult. It's always tough. Like it doesn't really matter how the level of form that they're in. You know exactly what you're in for. It's not going to be easy, and you're going to have to work hard for it. Yeah, because you look. You sorry, just you're looking at the results recently. Like they've uh, so obviously uh, they've drawn drawn against St Johnson Kelly, but only lost two 0 at Celtic Park. Aberdeen beat them by a goal, Hibs beat them by a goal, St Mirren beat them by a goal, Rangers won by two, Dundee beat them by a goal, Hearts beat them by a goal as well, so it's not as if they're getting turned over every week. Yeah, exactly, you know, and I think that, I'm sure, I'd imagine Livingston will improve as the season goes on, the only way's up, let's be honest, but but I do think that, you know, this, you look at their track record over the years and you know, we know that Martindale can get, can get a tune out of you know, a, a squad assembled on a shoestring. He does it all the time. Maybe there's only so many rabbits he can pull out of a hat. So, you know, maybe this is a case of times finally catching up with Livingston. I do think they've probably been punching above their weight for quite some time. Um, but at the same time, they do have a remarkable way of whenever anyone just starts writing them off, they always seem to just get their act together and make everyone yeah. else very silly. So, I mean, I would expect Livingston to get better. And like you say, because you look at that squad and there are some good players in there. You know, there are some excellent players. Yes, they've lost a, a few important ones over the summer and they've maybe not uh, maybe the guys they've brought in to replace it maybe aren't of the similar standard but at the same time you know they've, they've got premiership quality players in there but guys who can cause problems for a whole bunch of premiership sides and it, it certainly won't be easier again I, I, this is these are the sort of games i think it's going to be really um these, these are sort of the ones that i get nervous for because yeah, yeah, yeah. i look at them and just go like oh like you know, it's just natural being a football if you fan. Win, it's like, if you win, you know, well done, it's Livingston. You know, yeah. but you know, if, you, if, you, if you drop points or lose and you go, ah, oh, well, there you go, you know, Livingston, have, you know, you're losing to a team that's bottom of the league or whatever it is. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, it's by no means an easy one. Like I say, particularly with players that Hearts are going to be missing as yep. well. You know, Naismith maybe doesn't have as many options available to him as he would like. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, just on, before we move on to talk about the team, Livingston have over the years, since, since he came back at the Premier had a decent record against Hearts and Hibs. I don't think it's as good as it was maybe uh, 12 months ago where they, I think they might have had a better um, better record against Hearts and Hibs than Hearts and Hibs have had against them. And they've also signed a six foot five striker from Ipswich Town who has um, 
who made 16 appearances for Northampton Town last season but did not score. Uh, a non-goal yeah. scoring striker uh, will score a goal it, against Hearts. It'll fit right in at Livingston and then. They'll love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Moving on to talk about the team. We mentioned the, the players are going to be absent, so there's likely going to be six first-team players missing. So Kai Rose and Nathaniel Atkinson have... Um, I think they, they flew out today to join up with the Australian national team squad for the Asian Cup. Then you've got George Grant, Liam Boyce, Cammy Devlin and Barry Mackay, who are... I think three of the four are definitely going to be missing, and then there's still... Liam Boyce could make it, but I doubt they're going to risk mm-hmm. him. So you're looking at those four players plus um, the two on international duty. Benny Beningame should come back in. I'm thinking the team picks itself almost, with especially with Nathaniel Atkinson away. So that's why I'm thinking it will be a back three again with Alan Forrest as a wing back. That you've got Stephen Kingsley coming into the back three alongside Halkett and Kent. Cochrane and Forrest's wing backs, and then Benny behind Neuenhoff and um, Denham with Vargas and Shankland up front. Again, you look at it, it's not the most attacking team, but I just I, I thought Alex Lowry didn't have the best game on, mm. on Saturday either. And Nason might go for players a bit more reliable. No, I get that. I think, yeah, I agree. I don't think I think Lowry was quite poor um, at the weekend. I don't think he was, he was his best game by a long shot. And I think so. When you look against you know Livingston again, you know exactly what it's going to be in for. It's going to be physical. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a fight. I, I, I would think that somebody like Denham, who's got that you know that bit more energy, that bit more work weight about him, he does more off the ball. And he's happy to do a bit more running than someone like Lowry. I think he's better suited to something like that. Um, but yeah, I think looking through the team, I think it's hard to disagree with that. I think you're right. It does pretty much pick itself. Um, we might see Toby Sibbett come in, I suppose. Um, I mean, obviously, we spoke to Craig Halkett after the game and he seems confident about his ability to play on the pitch. Obviously, yeah. he's doing a lot, but it's a plastic pitch. He's just getting back from a long-term injury. Um, so, so, and certainly, he didn't have any reservations about it. Maybe Naismith does. We don't know. Um, it wouldn't be a surprise, I don't think, if we saw Sibbett come in and Halkett benched, if that was a, re- if that was a concern. But I think after that, you're right. I mean, there's, there's, you look through the squad and there's just there's not too many question marks up in there. I think Vargas deserves a start after his performance overnight. Yeah, yeah I think so. Great goal. Um, looked, looked quite lively as well. He was quite good at dropping deep and helping with the build-up play. I noticed that he did that a few times. That was quite encouraging because he's not always been great at that, I don't think. So, again, there were. I think you're right. I mean, there's not really much wiggle room in there at the moment. Um, and certainly... I think, but like when you when you kind of rhyme off all those players that are missing, you kind of go, oh "God, the winter break can't come soon enough." Yeah, I know it's it's something that Ray Rawls mentioned as well that it's like the team's starting to get kind of back to back in shape. But just when just when it started looking like the whole the whole squad's going to be available, other players started picking up knocks, and then you got Atkinson mm-hmm. and Rawls going away. So it has come. At, I think it's, winter break has come at a good time, especially if if we get three points go into the winter break on a high and then you, you kind of review the last six to eight weeks and you think that's that's job done like we kind of talked about there's there's work to be done but it's gives a really strong foundation for that to be built on over the winter break going into the second half of the season uh, second half of the season when got Spartans in the Scottish Cup but then you look at league fixtures it's quite a good return if you've got home Aberdeen like home to Dundee away to Dundee so you've got it's not a it's, it's not a daunting fixture list so there's a real opportunity tomorrow just to 
get over the line um, by hook, hook or by crook, get uh, get three points and ideally put in a really um, kind of spirited performance which makes fans at Livingston kind of go home and go, I mean, you know, I really, really enjoyed that. But the most important thing is three points. We'll probably jump back on prior to the game tomorrow when the team's announced. But James, give me a prediction. Uh, I'll, I'll go for a narrow hearts win. One nil or two one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one nil. Scrappy yeah. one nil. Let's, and I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be us for today. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Continue to support, subscribe, read. And also, I do wish everyone has a wonderful and happy new year. We'll be back, if not tomorrow on video, probably Wednesday to review the Livingston game. But there'll be there's plenty of stuff up on the site. Just now, looking at the injury, um, looking at the injury situation, plus uh, what to expect from the heart from Hearts in the transfer market, and James will have an analysis piece going up later on today, and then we'll have all the all the analysis and post match stuff from Livingston tomorrow. But until then, thank you very much and goodbye. Oh, oh. wasn't ready to end stream there. Now I am. <laughs>